Hello, everybody. Welcome to For Your Run. I'm Sean. I'm joined by Blair and Blair. It's Hi. rainy and dark and muggy here. Mm. How's Florida? I'm curious. Well, you know, it's new. It's a it's a new type of weather environment. It is hot. Mm, okay, this is <laughs> which new. Which is unusual okay. for Florida. It's unusual. Okay. Yeah. So it's hot. Kind of okay. feels like a hundred right now. Um, there's no wind. <laughs> okay. None. Okay. And no no clouds in the sky. So you know. The sun has just kind of put all the force of its rays gotcha. into so, Central Florida, so it, it's it's different. It's different. You would, you would call this peak? <laughs> is this peak running weather? Is that what you would call? I this? mean, if you're gonna run, now is actually the time. I mean, yeah. the Perfect. humidity is definitely gone. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh. just straight up a sauna. I don't know. Yeah. I can't even describe it. I've, I visited Arizona and it's like I always described as a dry heat. Yes. And it felt fine. Right. And it was like 109 out. Um, yes. It's just like the, the, the moisture in the air. 100%. I took the children to Animal Kingdom as something different this morning to do. And you just are soaked, just like standing, just like soaked. <laughs> Couldn't well, find why, enough things to dry off my arm. <laughs> why hasn't Disney created Humidity Kingdom? Or is that just the entire park? I mean, that's just the whole park, I think, <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah. I I haven't invested in like the fan that missed you. Right. Like, that one is right. around a lot. Oh, but the new thing I have seen are these neck fans. Like Next that is fans. a new trend okay. that when we we visit Disney, people are are wearing a like personalized neck. It's like a necklace situation and a Whoa. fan. I, okay. I, and I, I told so my husband I'm, I'm tempted to buy them just to what see. I'm, what I'm visualizing here <laughs> is effectively one of those things that holds a harmonica. Except yes. it's a fan. Yeah. Oh, okay. You almost could take like the, the headband of like our our headphones here and yeah. like put it around your neck and wear the what do you okay. call these things? <laughs> call the these? earbuds, I guess. Ear I don't, yeah. yeah. So where the earpieces, ear these okay. are fans. I, oh, okay. <laughs> and they're like personalized so everybody wears them. This is this is revolutionary. Okay. And it's, okay. Uh, that's like been the new thing I've seen people wearing at Disney lately. And we don't even go that much, to be perfectly honest. And we really don't go when it's this type of temperature, but we were desperate for something to do that didn't include a pool and didn't include being like a football sure. game outside. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> or riding a bike. Um, right. Right. Because the pool right now really just feels like bath water and that's not refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> good. This is all good. All yeah. things good. So lots of things about Florida that nobody needed to know about. Uh, You're absolutely. welcome. Don't you want to live here? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> and and it's, it's on that note that I will mm -hmm. say that today I am delightful that we are joined by someone who's in, um, I'm not going to call it a more logical climate. Uh, it's a little <laughs> more chaotic of a climate. Just not as soul crushing in terms well, of the heat and humidity. Yeah, and there's like an actual change of season. So there is, there is. That's uh, exciting. <laughs> right now we are in what is lovingly called first fake fall. Which and, I did not know uh, about until you mentioned it. Yes. <laughs> I yes. was like, I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> we, yeah. It, and it's great. It's uh, it's in the seventies all week this week. And everyone is going to believe that it's fall now. 
Okay. And um, All right. Congratulations. much to the delight of Todd, they will dive fully into PSL season. Their sweatpants are coming out. Uh, their um, home decor will go to all things foliage. All, okay, and, that's uh, exciting. In if, about, I'm excited for everyone. <laughs> in about 10 to 12 days, it will probably be 92 again, and okay, everyone I will see. be very mad. Okay. Um, but having said all of that, our guest today is Rachel. You know her on IG as Rachel Runs PA. She has BQ'd a bunch. She, uh, but much to the dismay of Boston, they continued to move the times on her. Um, but she is a stellar runner, a stellar person. And while we didn't get to it in the episode, no. <laughs> we need to reiterate, because we had a conversation with Stacy last week, everyone, a little bit about coffee and the madness of drinking coffee before a run. Yep. And shortly after the episode, Rachel informed us that she has two cups of coffee yeah. before she runs. Shotguns them, by the way. Not just and like a lovingly like that sweet, is... slow sip of two cups of coffee. It's just chug and go. <laughs> her, I mean, let's just her stomach. A, a round of applause to her stomach. I know. For, slow clap. Um, slow clap. Everybody. Being slow as clap. polite as it is, um, <laughs> or as resilient as it is, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that is incredibly intimidating. I might have to use the restroom just thinking about it. <laughs> uh, and she and she indulges sometimes in some in some dairy, a little yeah. yogurt, granola, yeah. fruit parfait. You know, because uh, why not play twice with the devil while. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to go big, <laughs> right. go really big. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and uh, yeah, today we will talk with her just about all things running. She is um, someone who grew up near where I grew up. So we're going to take you on a a little lovely uh, journey through Western Pennsylvania yep. running. So um, to everyone that's not there, you're welcome and uh, enjoy it. And uh <laughs> You know, it's just gonna be great. So, I had a great it time great. talking I about it. I enjoyed it very much. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. One day when I go to Pennsylvania and these locations, I'll know of what you speak. <laughs> yeah. 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 We uh, in our household, we continue to have conversations about the the concept of getting you here in winter just for our own sheer comedic value. You know what? You would have so much fun. <laughs> yes. Just pure that anger. That could be a whole a whole series of fun there. You're right. Lair in winter. You're absolutely right. <laughs> the first time she sees snow. <laughs> I, I, so now what I'm really excited about is me, me, yep. recording Blair yep. seeing snow for the first time mm-hmm. as so many videos <laughs> exist in the world of like the first time a two-year-old sees snow and can respond to it. <laughs> I, I really like the idea of me being like, Blair, it's snowed. It's snow. And like, you run yeah. out into the living room yep. and look out the window. Yeah, yep. it could be yep. great. I Although, I if I'm going to see snow for the first time, I do want the cute little like puffer vest that the, yes. like, the toddlers wear uh, and they can uh, barely move. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> I want one of those so that when I fall into the snow to try and make a snow angel. Yes. You're, um, I look like the Michelin woman. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be like the kid in a Christmas story that can't move their arms or I, their legs. I, that's who I want to be. Okay. That, okay. that is my goal person to be when okay. I meet winter. <laughs> so I will I will buy $700 of winter layering apparel just for you. I still 
still be cold, probably. And, yeah, I, I am. I am totally confident that you will. I am one hundred percent confident. Yes. Yep. yep. Okay. Well, we are closing in, everybody. This is episode nineteen for all I those, know. Look at and us. we are everyone. We are closing in. We've almost done this thing twice now. We yep. we got to ten. Yep. We're almost going to make it to twenty. Yep. So a little bit of pre celebration on our end. Yeah. Let's whoop whoop. Yeah. What is the thing I always do, Blair? That you say, "Why don't I do it when we're on?" Oh no! I make a noise. You do? I always. All right. Well, we're going to think about it, and then we'll make you do Gone. the noise at the intro for Gone. the next one because right. I feel like that would be part of an important right. intro to episode twenty. The noise. Right. <laughs> it's just hashtag the noise. Sean's okay. noise. Yep. Yep. All right, everybody. Well, hope you're doing well out there. Hope you're, uh, to everyone that's marathon training, race training, you are in the final weeks. You, you are. are. You're doing great. Doing so good. Doing so good. So good. And uh, we're rooting for you. So enjoy Woo-hoo. your runs. <laughs> get those miles in. Get ready for your papers and for your races. And uh, we hope you enjoy some time with Rachel. You ready to go over there, Blair? I am. I've never been to Pennsylvania. Let's go. (laughs) Away we go, everybody. Enjoy some Rachel time. Hi. (laughs) How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Great. (laughs) Living Uh, our dreams. (laughs) I'm I'm probably like you today, Rachel, in the sense that we have... um, we have entered what we affectionately refer to as first false fall of Western Pennsylvania. Yes, the, definitely. The, the doom and gloom of um, it's raining and feels like fall. And we all aspire to our pumpkin spice lattes and whatnot. But definitely. I'm wearing sweatpants today. I'm like, oh, oh it's under 70 degrees. Time to break them out. So That's I right. feel like this is not nice for the Floridians. <laughs> <laughs> I took the kids to my husband. I took the kids to Animal Kingdom this morning because we needed something different to do. And it is a hundred degrees outside. And we were just complaining about like, where is fall? We're so. Oh my god, I can't. It's like it's fifty-seven, and it feels so like fall outside. (laughs) Yes, I was thinking about you, and I could not live in Florida. Besides, like. December to March, maybe, but otherwise, no no way. (laughs) Yeah, that's about it. We were just talking about how every year fall and like, I know no one else can see me, but my quotation Joey fingers like fall doesn't happen in Florida, like till November. And it's not even fall. (laughs) Right. So when we do like pumpkin patch activities, we're like, no you're thing. in a tank top and shorts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah you, fall outfits. With no, boots and, no, no, I really want boots and flannel, but it's just yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. And then there's, we freeze ourselves out inside. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Just blanky laughs> yes. mm-hmm. There's the, Internally. the mild envy that uh, I'm sure so many Pennsylvanians have and, you know, Northeastern people have of not being directly within striking distance of Disney, but we're also not melting all day. So we'll. Well, it wasn't. Yeah, you didn't miss anything. It's Labor Day weekend. <laughs> and so there's way too many humans there and the waits were too long. So we only like went and saw some animals and got wet got on the water ride and came home. <laughs> <laughs> So it wasn't really worth a whole trip, but yeah, you know, what do you do with your children? I don't know. I've run out of ideas. 
Mm-hmm. I'm currently hiding from mine and my dogs mm-hmm. and hoping that nobody makes noise while I do this. I'm threatening everybody. Please just look at your iPads. I'm asking you to do iPad time. Be quiet. That's okay. That, I can yeah. guarantee at least two of the kids will come in like, mm-hmm. while we're doing this. It, it's it's no worries. And to everybody who will listen to this, I've gotten really good, really Rachel, good. at cutting, <laughs> cutting the kid interjections out. So okay, it's great. no problem at all. Um, happens all the time. I will ask, speaking of our first fake fall, I'm sure that it's been kind to your running as everyone has been running in the 90 degree swamp for the summer. Uh, and I saw that you, uh, you know, you had a pretty good run earlier this week in, in your post. You were talking about, you know, training as you know, I'm, I'm sure many of us are aware training can can drain you and uh you managed to have a couple of good runs this week that made you restored faith in running. So how's running going for you right now? How is training going and, and all that? Yeah, for sure. Summer is so hard marathon training and every year I know this is going to happen, but I'm in denial and I think that it's not going to happen. Um, and then I was really having a hard time the last few weeks, especially as my long runs were ramping up. And thinking, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Maybe I shouldn't be training for marathons. And it was just like every long run felt terrible and I hated it and I was miserable. And I was like, this is not what this is supposed to be like. And then finally, I had a 20 miler on Friday and it felt really good. And I was so happy and so relieved. And I was like, okay, I can do this. I can run. I can still do marathons. But 20 degrees makes such a big difference in the humidity. Um, But it just sucks the life out of you. I can handle it for shorter (laughs) runs. I always, I still say I'm team summer regardless. I love to be (laughs) warm and just put a tank top and shorts on and run. Yeah. I hate being cold in the winter, but for long runs, it's just so hard. It's so draining. So, um, yes, I feel so much better. I'm hoping that it doesn't get hot again, but it probably will because you know how it goes here. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we will get that sneaky, uh, there's so many people who share that goofy and everybody has it anymore. The more you pay attention, people are like, um, Missouri weather so random or California weather can't anticipate it. But Pennsylvania has that funny thing around this time of year of we get fake fall and then nope, it's still summer and then fake fall and then Indian summer. And then uh, last year we got real fall, which was a pleasant surprise. But uh, the couple of years before that, we've gotten like four days of fall where the wind comes and blows all the leaves off the trees and you don't get to enjoy it at all. So, right. Yeah. I'm, I'm optimistic for another real fall. I'm, last year was nice. I'm hoping, yeah. I'm hoping fall is really long. It's definitely my favorite season, my favorite time to run for sure. And I, I just love everything about fall. So, yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to ask you, um, and we will not spend too much time on this, Rachel, to bore everyone else in the world, but Okay. <laughs> you uh you you ran cross country for Laurel Highlands. I ran cross country for Uniontown, not at the same time. Right. And I know that you and I have, we've joked, we've joked about it. And I sometimes I know that every school district is set up differently, but people are often astounded when I'm like they are like three miles from each other. And people are like, why are their high schools that close? And uh, it, it it always makes people laugh. But what was cross country how you started running? Did you just have a passion for running your entire entire childhood? And what was early running versions of Rachel like? 
Okay. Yeah. Well, I first started running when I joined the track team. I joined track before cross country. I joined my freshman year. I had never run before that. I had never played any sports before that. And so uh, track was my first thing. And then I ended up doing cross country starting my sophomore year because I was a distance runner for track. And I felt like for track, it was like Misfit Island for the distance team. We were just the people who weren't good at anything else. I thought I was <laughs> going to be a fast runner, but then I found out I wasn't. And I thought I would be able to jump, but no, I was not good at jumping or hurdling <laughs> or anything else. And so my coach was like, how about distance? And I was like, I'll take it, anything. Just let me be on the team. So yeah, um, yeah as a child, I actually was a, a pretty sickly child and I had really bad asthma and allergies and everything. And so I never really played sports. I felt super unathletic. And then I got healthier, I would say more towards middle school. And so I started doing these at-home workouts because I was always really fascinated by people who were athletic and I wanted to be athletic. Um, so I would watch these workout shows on TV and I would record them on my VCR and then I would just do them in my parents' living room. And so I kind of got in shape a little bit doing that. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, yeah. And then I just really wanted to play a sport in school. So I felt like track sounded like the easiest thing to do because it didn't involve any equipment. Um, and so that's yep. how I got yep. started. Yeah. You, you reminded me a little bit, uh, the, the first time I ran track, Rachel, I think I was in eighth grade in middle school and they did like the track and field day. And I went there and I think I signed up for the 100 because I thought I'm fast. This will go great. <laughs> right. Yes. And I lined up and they shot, you know, the little fake gun because you're in eighth grade. And uh, I went to go. And they were all what already what what felt like they were already all 15 meters in front of me before I left the starting line. Right. That's exactly what I mean. You got smoked. That's what <laughs> our coach had us all try out all the events to figure out what we could do. And my dad right. had been a sprinter in high school. So I thought for sure, genetically, this had to be <laughs> me, too. And then, yes, I can still remember everybody was halfway down the line and I felt like my feet were just starting to move. And I said, yeah. Oh no, <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> yeah. I ran one 100 meter dash in my uh, track career. And then I retired from the 100 because right. I was like, that was really brutal to, to know I'm that slow. That slow. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. how I felt. Yep. Yeah. That's funny. I, so I uh, ran the mile and the two mile in track. Okay. which were really not glamorous events. And my first year, all I wanted to do was not come in last. That was my goal. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. goal. It's a very yes. good goal. <laughs> and then, I mean, over time I got a little bit better, but I was definitely no track star. Um, and then my coach suggested that I do cross country to stay in shape for track. I didn't even know cross country was a thing. So mm -hmm. um, I did that and I really, really liked that a lot more. So that I felt yeah. like those were my people. The cross country people were my people. And yeah. that was when I started to really love running. Did uh, I'm only curious now because just where we grew up, were, mm -hmm. did they have you running like all through the summer, early mornings and stuff like that whenever you were training for yes. cross country season? Yeah, yeah, I think they called it conditioning. And we <laughs> would go and show up all summer every day at like 7 or 8 a.m. And yes, run. yes. Yeah. And my the so this was the first and Rachel will know this and effectively no one else will. Uh, the first day 
So my mom is telling me my like going into my freshman year, she's like, you need to do a sport. And I'm like, fine. You need to do a sport. (laughs) There was no question of you want to, it was you need to. And so I had two, I had a friend who had an older brother that could drive. So this was my mother's great out was I can drop you off at your friend's house. You are both friends. Your, his brother will take you. This is going to be the greatest thing ever. And there was no easing into cross country. We got to the first practice and our coach was like, all right, so we're going to do five right off the bat. Like, no, can you run a mile? Like there weren't, I I feel like it should have come with a questionnaire. Can you run a mile? Can you run two? Instead (laughs) it was, all right, everybody, we're going to go out this road. We're going to go down Connellsville street. We're going to then go down into cool spring and you're going to be down there. And then you're going to come out and you're going to run up that big, scary hill of Connellsville Street up to where the old Dairy Queen was. That was my introduction oh to my distance God. running. Was yeah. Five miles. It was five miles. And <laughs> and Rachel, I that hill up to that old Dairy Queen was at I know, least a mile. I mean, yes, it was intimidating in a car, let alone on your feet. <laughs> right by foot. Yeah. And yeah. so I got I got down into Cool Spring and my dad had worked in Cool Spring his entire life. So the second I got down there, I was like, oh, crap, I know exactly where we are and I'm not happy about what's coming. And that, yeah, so I I walked a good half of that hill for sure. And I had a whole lot of questions about whether I was even built for cross country after the first right. day because Yikes, I got back. That's brutal. And, yeah, it was not kind. We we got down into Cool Spring and went up that hill, and I thought this is not this is not great, not not great. But I was yeah. actually in good old Hopwood today um, visiting my wow. parents, and uh, yeah, I've run all the roads around there, including those giant hills like up Route Forty and all that. Oh yeah, man, so killer! But uh-huh, yeah, it's uh-huh. fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I can like get to anywhere via any series of roads in Uniontown. Thanks to cross country. Yes. And I still even run over to the weird thing is Uniontown was actually closer to me than Laurel Highlands was. So I can still just run to Uniontown high school from my parents' house and like run on the track there. And it's so weird. Yeah. 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 Very nostalgic when I hit that Uh area. Yeah. And like, I don't, I don't, I haven't asked my oldest sister, but I mean, I know that the LH Uniontown thing has always been a bit of a, you know, rivalry thing, but when I ran cross country, it had really bled into the cross country teams and like we would cross paths during training runs in the summer and their team would get in trouble and then our team would get in trouble and it always resulted in either like sprints up the stairs on the bleachers or 400 repeats or something after you've already run. So yeah, when, when I stumbled across your IG account and I was like, Oh cool. She's in Pennsylvania. And then I think within a month, you and I had some conversations and I was like, wait, she's running in Hopwood in a hut. Wow. And then you told me and I was like, Man, because I hadn't been on IG very long whenever we crossed paths. Right. I was was trying to remember how we figured it out. And I was thinking maybe seeing each other run at Ohio Pile might have been what it was. But I knew we put it together pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, I saw you had run at Ohio Pile and I was like, wait a second. That's (laughs) that's my neck of the woods. And right. um, That's like both of our favorite places to go. So that was pretty cool. I love it there. Yeah, yeah. It's it was uh, it was a really good reset run for me about a month and a half ago, I woke up and was like, 
I'm just going to go to a high pile really early in the morning and there was no one around and <clears throat> it can be a really wonderful place to do a little mental reset for your running. Um, yes. But I took the, and I don't know if you have this too, but I took the trail that heads towards more like Connellsville instead okay. of uh, Confluence. Yes. And <clears throat> you get out there so far and you're like, a bear could get me at any moment <laughs> right now. Cause that, that area too, like, I don't know why, but the trail heading to Confluence is less scary to me than mm -hmm. heading towards Connellsville. I, yeah. you get four miles out that way and you're like, uh, I'm thinking I might die. So I'm going to turn around <laughs> and go back. Yeah. I prefer the yeah, Confluence right. way as well. I did my virtual Boston run there and I ran yeah. all the way to Confluence and yeah. Um, but I did the Ohio pile half marathon this spring and then they had us go the other way towards Connellsville. And I feel like that way is harder too. It goes the uphill, uphill a little bit more. feels yeah. a lot more intense that way. Yeah. So that was tough. The first time I ever ran or was getting ready to run to Confluence, Rachel, I was so intimidated because when I was like seven years old and eight years old, we would do the bike ride to Confluence and back. Right. And you're as a kid, everything feels longer, right? Mm -hmm. So in my mind, that was all day. Like you rode to Confluence an all and day came back and it yes. was all day. And so I was planning my routes for uh, Chicago and I was like, am I really going to run the thing that used to take me like six hours to bike ride? This is a little intimidating, um, but it was cool to like, I hadn't ridden a bike or run down into Confluence in 15 years. So when I got down to Confluence for my water swap with my mom, I was like, I'm really doing this. I'm doing the thing that my seven-year-old self was like, it's so far and everything's so far. Right. So, yeah. I grew up riding my bike on that trail too, before yeah. I ever ran it. So yeah. Yeah. Definitely intimidating the first time you're like, I'm going to do that thing. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I will put a cap on that for everybody else who has <laughs> no idea about any of our it's okay we're enjoying the reminiscing <laughs> <laughs> i can't relate to any of it because you have hills and season changes so <laughs> right totally different world it yes. is it very much yeah. is did you run like through college and continue on that way so i i continued to run but not on a team okay. i just ran on my own and i ran pretty consistently through college like five miles most days. I just had the mm -hmm. loop I did all the time. Yeah. Um, and then in my twenties, I got more into gym stuff. Like I joined a gym for the first time and then I mm -hmm. started doing like spinning and aerobic, like step aerobics and all those kind of things. Yes. And I got really into <laughs> lifting weights too. Um, so I, I started to kind of adapt more to the bodybuilding lifestyle than the running lifestyle, but I still mm -hmm. always ran some, like I always enjoyed, especially if it was nice outside to just go out and run. Mm -hmm. And then it was in my thirties that I got really back into running. And that's when I started running like half marathons and marathons for the first time. Um, I ran my first half when I was in my early thirties in 2010. Mm -hmm. And then I will my first full in 2011. So I feel like I kind of had like a running rebirth a little mm -hmm. bit later in yeah. life, kind of had that break. But I think all the the lifting and other aerobics and things that I did, that was a great base for running and made me strong for it. So yeah. it's always been really important to me though. The strength training or the running? J the running or just the fitness lifestyle in general. Yeah. Once I, once yeah. I was able to do it. So, yeah. You, you mentioned your consistent five mile loop in college and it reminded me of your, um, 
fairly remarkable ability to log never ending treadmill miles. We, we oh, talked gosh. to Stacy about this too. <laughs> yes. And I, I, I definitely have a couple consistent loops that I do around work whenever I was working in a building. Um, and that stuff for me at least can get, um, repetitive really quickly. And so I, I, I'm curious what, how you manage long treadmill runs you you do i mean what's the longest you've run on a treadmill so far i have run 20 miles on a treadmill Mm -hmm. and i think that part of my soul died that day for sure yeah (laughs) Yeah. but i i do not prefer to run very long runs on the treadmill but i mean i've done lots of like 13 and 15 and 16 but only 120 um Mostly I run on a treadmill due to having kids and needing to be able to run and them being at home with me and occasionally due to weather. So Mm -hmm. I just had to early on accept the fact that treadmill running was going to be what I did. And for many years, I ran for months at a time on a treadmill and never put my feet outside. (laughs) Um, But then it did get to a point that I got really tired of it. So Uh, I'm okay with it now. I am still sprinkling it in here and there when I need to uh, with the kids. And I also do find that it is kind of kind on my body Mm -hmm. Um, because we have so many hills here. There are days when it just feels good to run on a treadmill and not beat myself up. And I feel better than the next day when I run. And I know you guys are both Peloton fanatics. (laughs) Yeah, I do have a Peloton bike and I do not ride it very often. And I have tried to do a Peloton class on the treadmill and I really hated it. So I know that's an unpopular (laughs) opinion. It's okay. And I'm not sure why, because I heard you guys talking to Stacey and I was like, why don't I like this? Because I feel like I should like it. (laughs) It sounds so fun when you guys talk about it, but I just like to watch something on Netflix. I save a show. Yeah. that I only watch for the treadmill. And then I kind of look forward to getting to my mm-hmm. next episode. Yeah. And I just like to run my own pace and I don't want somebody to tell me what to do when I'm running yeah. on the bike. I think it's fun. I like the classes, but I'm generally too tired to ride my bike because I like to run <laughs> so much. So yeah, the sure. only time I ride my bike is really when I'm sort of downtime between training for things I'll get on the bike when I'm not running as much. But I was thinking about getting a Peloton treadmill and I was going to ask you guys this. We don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but yeah. <laughs> I would so just I like don't a have a piece yeah. of equipment without yeah. actually doing the classes. But is it worth paying for a Peloton treadmill to run on? So I don't I don't have the tread. I have just oh, okay. like a regular one and I just use the app. Um, OK, he he actually has the tread. Um, okay. So I've heard magical things about the tread, about how it just feels like differently than a normal tread. Right, that's um, what I'm curious about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. we're handing it over to you, sir. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, so uh, before that, I will say your remarks about having a show that's dedicated to the treadmill. That's a really brilliant idea. I'm going to steal that because that will give me some excitement to get onto the treadmill. Um, on the days that it's difficult, that's a really good idea. So thank you for that. Good. Yeah. Um, as far as, so I will lead with, I I'm, I'm not here to consume the Nordic track negativity spectrum. Right. Because I was thinking about Nordic track, but I heard so many bad things about them recently. Yeah. Yes. So we had a commercial 3750, which is like the top commercial version of a Nordic track you can right, have. Right, that's what I was looking at, yeah. And uh, listen, I, 
maybe I had the worst luck ever and that's possible. (laughs) The, (laughs) The first version of it, the computer died twice. The hydraulic lift on it died once. The monitor display on it died once. Everything but the motor and the belt died right, on the that's first one. Insane. Okay. And I, I, because I'm statistically based in everything, I spent over 30 hours on hold with them in one year. Oh God. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's my nightmare. That's okay. and, mm-hmm. and it was a nightmare. You're, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I finally got to the point where I said, everything that can break seems to have broken (laughs) and it, and it's not better. It's still doing everything it was always doing. So they, they finally agreed to a full product replacement and that took three months to get. And then the, um, particle board broke the actual board under the belt broke. Wow. Okay. And and that's horrifying because in my mind, I was like, if my, if that thing would have cracked all the way in two, I don't imagine what would happen to your ankle if it goes through right. particle board oh my while gosh. a belt is moving. And they, I said, I'm telling you the board is broken and they wouldn't believe me. And so I fought with them for about four weeks. And then they finally said, we're going to send you a, and at no point did they say, we're going to send someone to do this for you. They sent me the board and I had to figure out how to disassemble the entire base, put the new board in, but I didn't get the new board for six weeks after they agreed to send me the board. So we didn't have a treadmill for the two and a half years that we had a Nordic track. I think we got to run on it for four months. Oh my gosh. Total. Okay. Um, and I, I'm, this is not me trying to totally slander them. That's just my experience. And right. I know it's a super bad one. The, the tread is solid there's no particle board it is steel and aluminum and it's a rotary belt kind of like a um it looks like a woodway a woodway yeah it's it's really really sturdy it it definitely does feel easier on the joints than running Mm -hmm. on pavement so that still exists um the thing that I like the most about it, and I i don't know if you do this or not, Rachel, but I really, when I get on a treadmill, I look at it as an opportunity to kind of be like, how's my gait doing? Because mm-hmm. just the way a treadmill's set up, you're just having the opportunity to really see how your feet are landing and you can hear all that stuff a lot more audibly. So I use it as an opportunity to be like, am I slapping my feet? Am I doing anything out of the ordinary that maybe I've gotten a little lazy on out on pavement concrete? When I had a Nordic track or whenever I've run on treadmills at uh, hotels or other places, the belt is always hitting something that causes resistance. So the Mm. belt's slowing down technically every time you take a step. It's just doing a lot of stuff to make up for that. So I always felt like every time I took a step, you're like kind of adjusting or something. Whereas the Peloton, it's a gift and a curse. Like this is the reason it got recalled is because that belt isn't slowing down. If something okay. goes under that yeah. belt, it's it's got torque. It's not slowing down. But that's also really good because it's not relying on your body to do some of the motion that thing Mm -hmm. is going to run at the speed that it's going to run on and it it really from my perspective i feel like i'm running a lot more naturally 
Okay, with, right. That's what I was going to ask. Manufacture anything? It yeah. feels it feels like I'm running outside a lot more on the Peloton than it did on the Nordic track. Okay. Yep. Yes. So that was not a commercial for Peloton, everybody, <laughs> and that was not me trying to take well, Nordic track down. And plate, I don't but. think you you can still do the Peloton as like a just run. I think is the mm-hmm. setting, right? You can. You can. And so yes. you you can just use it. You don't have to always take a class. Yep. They have like a just run setting, and the screen mm-hmm. I think is black. Or they do have scenic mm-hmm. runs. I think they do. Okay. They they just they, started oh, okay. a couple. They just started yeah. a couple. Um, okay. They also have uh, Rachel. I've done it once or twice. It's a little interesting, possible cross training thing. You can do it to where your body is what moves the belt and not the motor. So like you have to like, oh, okay. it's almost like a cross training thing where you are the one driving the speed of the belt. Self-propelled. So like, yeah, you yeah. hold some, you hold the bar in front of you and you like, you drive the belt. So it's, it's not like, I wouldn't say it's like strides, but I would maybe liken it to a little bit of like really serious hill work where you have to be driving your legs and there's a lot mm-hmm. of resistance. Yeah, I would liken it maybe a little bit to that. Okay. That's neat. Yeah. So I hope that that was helpful. And again, um, <laughs> yes. me, but, um, I was thinking, and I don't know if you know this road exactly, Rachel, but I was thinking there's that, um, there's a hill in Uniontown called O'Connell street and it's like up by the country club. It's like okay. one of the steepest hills in Uniontown. And that's where my coach used to take us to run hill work. And I hate it. Oh, okay. Uh, it's just big. Yes. I was thinking back to O'Connell when I was referencing my hill work there. So, yes. <laughs> um, so I want to, um, I want to ask your traditionally, and I know that your schedule is a little bit different this year, but traditionally you're a Philadelphia marathoner. And I was talking to Stacy about that a little bit that, you know, Rachel is my person that usually, uh, when I'm thinking about running a race, you are talking so much about Philadelphia and I'm always like, maybe I go to Philadelphia <laughs> next time around. Um, but you are going to go run, uh, wine glass in New York. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So I, I have run Philly three times. I ran it 2017, 2018 and 2019. And I would like to run it this year, but my family has a vacation planned the week of Thanksgiving. So timing wasn't going to work. It's the weekend before Thanksgiving. And I was strategically planning my fall marathon around when Boston registration was going to fall because everything is messed up with the calendar. So it's not Mm -hmm, the same calendar as before. So I wanted to fit a marathon in before registration for Boston 2022. And so I like Philly better because... It's later in the fall, so you don't really have the super long runs in the summer heat. Right. And also, I would train once my kids had started school, and it was a lot easier mm. for me. So that was making training harder. Um, but are you asking me why do I love Philly Marathon so much? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So how I started running Philly, my husband is a business owner, and he expanded his business to Philly. And so he was traveling there all the time in 2017. And so I went along with him on some trips and I loved running there. Like yeah. Kelly Drive, Skullkill River. There's a really beautiful area to run around the river. It was just everything that I loved. And I loved the vibe of the city and everything. And so in 2017, I ran Chicago and I had major goals for that race that I totally bombed. And I was really upset with how it went. Um, And so after that, I just felt really not at ease at all about how my training had gone and how my race had gone. And I just wanted some redemption. And so 
it was literally the last possible day that you could sign up for Philly. And I proposed to my husband, can we make another trip to Philly this fall so that I can run the marathon? And he was like, that's fine. It's no big deal. Let's do it. So I signed up for Philly like a week before the race or something. Um, and then ran it that year. And it was not good weather that year. It was really windy um, and kind of rainy, but I just loved the course. It, it's not a flat course, but it's not super hilly. There's a couple of hills. Uh, the crowd support is amazing. The amount of people is my just right. I like a big race that feels exciting and you always have mm-hmm. people to run with, but also not super overwhelming. Like Chicago yeah. for me was just a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it was 40,000 yeah. people is very overwhelming. And so logistically, um, Philly is really easy, but it's also still exciting, but you also don't have to spend three miles trying to find a place to run. You just can run Mm -hmm. and you have space. And one of the things that I like about it that some people don't like is that there's an out and back portion Mm. on the course. And so what I love about that is you literally get to see the people who are winning the marathon. Like how exciting is that? Yeah. So I may be on mile 15 and they're on mile 23 because that's Mm -hmm. how much faster they are. But to see them and be able to cheer for them. Like every single time I get chills and tears and I'm screaming until I lose my voice because it's so exciting to see the people winning. And then if you have friends running, you always have an opportunity to see them as well. And then it does feel really good when you're in mile 23 and you're passing people who are 15 and you're like, yes, I am almost done. And you have a lot to go. (laughs) So, um, I just, yeah, I've just had really good experiences there. And then, so that year, I didn't necessarily get the goal that I wanted in Chicago, but it was still just that I executed a good race that day. And I felt happy with that. And then in 2018, I did have a great race and I got a BQ and that was the BQ that got me into Boston 2020. And then I also got a BQ in 2019 there. So it's just been a a race that I've done well at. And um, they also do really great with the people that they bring to the race, like Meb and Des were there the last couple of years and I was an ambassador for the race. So we got to spend time with them and get pictures with them and talk to them. I mean, it was so cool. So so they do a very good job. I, the team that puts the Philly marathon together, they're really great people. So that's amazing. Yes. But a lot of people are confused by this because I do not live in Philly and people think (laughs) that I do. I live on the other side of the state by Pittsburgh. Um, and I've run the Pittsburgh marathon a bunch of times too. I just didn't have my Instagram account when I, <laughs> most yeah, of the years that I yeah. ran it. Um, so the first, one of my first Instagram posts was when I ran Pittsburgh in 2017. And that was my first BQ. So um, I've run Pittsburgh more times than Philly and live near Pittsburgh, but, um, yeah. but I'll, I'm sure I will go back to Philly and I'll probably run Pittsburgh again too. I've run the full and half there a lot of times. So, yeah. At what point in your training did you decide you wanted to go for BQs? So this is such a long story for me. (laughs) We could spend hours on this, but um, that's okay. (laughs) When I first, so when I first wanted to run Boston was when I was in high school and I ran cross country and I wasn't even a good runner at all, but my coach was a really good runner and he was one of those people that had run Boston like 25 years in a row or something. He's really fast marathoner. And so he was the person that planted the seed for me to even want to run a marathon and then to specifically want to run Boston. Mm-hmm. And then, um, then it took me until, you know, 
so many years later before I actually ran my first marathon. And I certainly did not go out running my first marathons thinking I was going to be cute. I just wanted to right. finish them. And yeah. um, my first marathon was four hours and 22 minutes, which is a 10 minute pace. So many minutes away from where I needed to be. And then, you know, it was just over time. My next goal was to break four hours. And so I spent many years running four hour marathons. Like I had so many <laughs> 356, 357, 358. Um, but it was, I want to say it was Pittsburgh 2014 that I got my time down to 345. Okay. And that was the first time that it was like a possibility to train and maybe get the BQ. Yeah. Um, but it was also the time that my husband and I had decided that it was time to have baby number two. <laughs> um, my yes. clock was ticking. Our daughter was getting, you know, we had a daughter yeah. already. And so um, it was then I had my son in 2015. And then it, it was basically immediately upon giving birth that I started to train for um, a BQ. And I signed up for Erie Marathon in 2016. So my son hadn't even turned a year old yet. And I was running a marathon, um, training, pushing a stroller and trying to get a BQ, yeah. which was probably not the greatest idea that I ever had. <laughs> um, it was pretty hard. And I ended up having a really bad race actually in Erie. So the first time I went for it, I think I just got way too freaked out about what yeah. I was trying to do. And so then it was the next year, 2017, that I got my first BQ in Pittsburgh. So it was a long, it was a long journey to get to the BQ. And then, um, as you may know, <laughs> it's still <laughs> a long journey to get to actually run Boston because I've gotten four BQs and zero Boston's have been run. So yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. The bit of a journey. Yeah. The, the 2021 field that had, I, that like shook yeah. the foundations of IG running community when we saw what, uh, the cutoff was just so dramatic for so many people. So yeah, that was, uh, that right. was astounding. Yeah. It used to be it, literally when you, you used to run a BQ and you got to run Boston. And then right. I believe that 2012 was the first year that they had to have a buffer. Mm -hmm. And I thought, why did I have to start wanting to run BQs <laughs> when everybody else in the world apparently wanted you to, I don't know. It became harder. So that the first few years though, the cutoff was only like a minute or two. Yes. Right. And so right. that wasn't too bad. And then, so then my first BQ in 2017, I ended up having like an over three minute cushion. And so I thought that I was definitely getting in because mm -hmm. the, the highest it had ever been before that was like two minutes and 20 seconds or something. And so, uh, that was my first one. And I missed it by one second. I think everybody on IG already knows the story because it's yeah. like, it's been told enough times, but you know, to miss it by one second after waiting so long to get, it was really hard. Um, yeah. so, but that kind of, of course it lit a fire for me to, to want to do it again. And so then when I got the one for 2018, that's what got me into 2020. Like the calendar so insane. I got yes. the BQ right. in November of 2018, then had to wait until September of 2019 right. to apply yeah. to run for 2020. Like it's such a long window of time. Mm -hmm. It yeah. was really agonizing to wait. It was torturous. Oh, I, I will tell you <laughs> because I, I waited imagine. so stinking long. And then of course we all know what happened in 2020. So I get in and then the marathon's postponed 
which I was okay with because of course at the beginning of COVID, everybody thought it was going to be like a couple weeks and then we'd be back to normal. So, um, but then it became clear that it just wasn't going to be able to happen. And I literally couldn't believe that when I finally got into Boston, that it was canceled (laughs) the one year that it's canceled. Uh, Um, so then the hope became, you know, what, what about 2021 and who knows what was even going to happen. And then, yes, Sean mentioned, then they cut the field size by 10,000 people. And then the, I had a new BQ that was even stronger with an almost six minute cushion, but the cutoff was over seven minutes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. at that point though, I had been, I had been so sad so many times about Boston and heartbroken and disappointed and angry that I think I said, I have no tears left for Boston at this point. Like, yeah, I can't even get that upset about it because I have wasted so much time and energy already being upset about it. Um, so for 2021, I was not devastated by not making it in because I wasn't fully expecting to it. Like there was nobody had any idea what the cough was going to be. So my hopes were not super high that they were going to, uh, have a time that was going to make my time work. Um, but it's still very frustrating. It just feels so convoluted the way that things have gone. And, um, so maybe 2022, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is hard. I think it's justified to feel everything that you felt like you put in all these weeks and hours of training and then, you know, it doesn't work out. So yes. it is really hard. I want to ask. So you, you've talked about like you, you've known about Boston for so long. Was there anything training wise? Mm-hmm. Uh, you've, I know you've talked about this a little bit, but maybe speak to it a little bit on here. Just mm-hmm. what really you were just hovering around the four hour marathon for a little while. What things changed for you mm-hmm. that got you from the 358s to the 345s and then beyond that? Was it mental stuff, physical stuff, a little bit of both? Right. How- Definitely both. I mean, I changed the way that I was training. I, I had previously just run. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I followed a training plan in terms of mileage buildups and things like that, but I didn't really do speed work of any sort. I was just kind of improving just by running more miles. And I did run so much with a stroller that it was hard to incorporate speed work, but yeah, it was definitely then finally incorporating speed work, like tempo runs and intervals and those sort of things that got me to that next level. I mean, I trained way harder than I had ever trained before, um, in terms of how many miles I was running and then, and definitely the speed stuff. I mean, I feel like my strength as a runner is always to put the miles in and log them and do the long, slow runs, but my weakness is speed and Mm -hmm. it's just not my favorite thing to do. It used to make me incredibly anxious to have a speed workout on my schedule. I mean, (laughs) if I had intervals, I would just be like nauseous to even begin my run. But now that I've done it for so many years, it's just part of the routine and it makes it more interesting. And I still get a little nervous or stressed out sometimes about my runs, but um, that's been something that I've just kept going with doing those types of workouts, the tempo runs, progression Mm -hmm. runs, different lengths of intervals, practicing marathon pace a lot. Um, And this year, something that I did, which was really different was kind of a reset at the beginning of the year. So instead of focusing on a marathon for the spring, because that is 
the marathon has just been my complete obsession for like the last decade. Uh Um, I actually did 5k training first and then half marathon training specifically previously, if I would run a half, it would just be sort of part of a buildup for a marathon. Yeah. So that really shifted gears for me. And I got a PR for my 5k and for my half in the spring. So I felt like I was really making some great progress with running in the spring. And it was really fun to switch it up, even though seeing paces where all my runs had, you know, pace work in the sixes for my speed workouts. And I was like, I've never run paces (laughs) like this before. And, um, but it was exciting too. And, you know, whenever I was actually able to do it, it felt like such a win. So Mm -hmm. we're hoping that that will be a good base for a fast fall marathon, but the summer has definitely, as we've talked about, been (laughs) a challenge for me. Um, and there's just highs and lows with running and there's times that running feels really fun and things are going well. And then there's times when it's a little more stressful and it's just not. So I'm hoping (laughs) that it all comes together for a good race in October. Do you find, is there anything that you've learned over the years to semi-successfully break a bad rut? Or do you think that it's just something that has to naturally come over time in running? I think it really just has to kind of happen naturally. I mean, the thing is, I know all of the things, right? The things you're supposed to think and (laughs) say and do. It's easy to say them to other people. And I'm just like, "Eh." yeah, Yeah, like I'm a coach Mm -hmm. and I know exactly what to say to my athletes. Yep. But I don't want to do those things or believe those things right now. I don't. No, I'm not doing that. I know what I'm supposed to do and I'm not. Um, And I, and the mental game is certainly a big part of it. And I've read so many books and I know the mantras and, you know, all these things that I've been able to use in the past. And sometimes it's just, you're in a funky place and it's not just one thing. It's, you know, all kind of life stresses, whether it's with your family or your work or, um, you know, or, or the weather or whatever, or your health. I, I was dealing with a little bit of an injury at the beginning of the summer too. So that's been you know, something that was a little different for me too. So has, have some of your, well, quote unquote, summer funk. Do you think any of that's been attributed just to, because your spring was different and you're bringing new speed that came from the spring? Like, do you think some of that's like attributed to just things are feeling different than they normally do in your fall marathon block because you're coming into it on a different foot than you otherwise have in the past. Right. It, it could be. And I've thought about that and maybe even just expectations for myself and pressure, because that's something that I have always struggled with quite a lot uh, is just having that pressure. And specifically with the marathon, it's like that distance that I put on a pedestal kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just the Boston pressure, which I think I've gotten better with, but it, you know, it's always kind of in the back of my mind. There's sort of, bad mental habits that I will get into and thought processes and patterns. And then it's really easy to go back to those, those ways of thinking. So, um, and I think, yeah, just doing my training a little bit differently than I have in the past, you know, makes me a little bit nervous, you know, maybe I'm used to running X amount of miles and then I'm running this amount or doing just different styles of workouts that I hadn't done before. And, questioning, is this going to work? Is this the right thing? And I think that's something that I've learned over time though, too, is just switching it up is important. 
so for so many years, I would train one certain way. And then, um, and then when you switch it up, that is when you do see progress generally. Right. So right. it's hard to do that and trust it because it's kind of scary <laughs> to do something new. Right. Yeah. Um, yes. So, <laughs> well, yeah, so just having say, faith in it, in the training is, is always a little bit difficult. Yeah. Just outside perspective. Um, I know sometimes someone that might like, I, I had the hilarious thing of just even not necessarily running just in IG world. I was like, I really hadn't been posting to my personal account in a while. Cause I was just kind of like, I, I've only recently admitted to myself that like <clears throat> probably since March, I've just not felt great. And <clears throat> I was trying to resolve that for a few months. And then I just got to a place where the miles almost just became background noise. I was like, I'm just going to plug in miles for the sake of doing miles. And I really wasn't aware I was doing that. And so then I posted the other day of like, I've kind of been phoning it in and I wasn't even aware that I was phoning it in. Like things hurt mentally. I maybe wasn't in the right place. And lo and behold, one day this week, I was like, what if I paid attention while I'm running? <laughs> and it just that run felt so great and the run after that felt great and to your point earlier like sometimes you're in a funk and you just kind of have to work through that but i posted like hey i haven't been here but i'm gonna probably come back a little bit more and i didn't necessarily anticipate that anyone would be excited by that like <laughs> hi everyone sean's back and i even tried to play it off with goofy like hashtags and stuff like you've all been waiting for sean and goofy stuff but there were a lot of people who were just like oh i'm really happy and i was like I did not anticipate this, but to, you know, circle back from an outside perspective, I feel really excited for your fall, at least for wine glass, because I think that where you are with that kind of discomfort is probably like, maybe it's a really healthy place to be because you are in kind of uncharted waters and then you're going to get to go to run a race that you haven't run and you're excited to run. So maybe all those things together will um, lead to a really great race. And that's just outside perspective, but that's, that's where I am visualizing. Thanks. Yes. Race. I like this. I can, I'll go with that. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and sometimes it, shift. Yeah. it is somebody else making you see things in a different way that helps, you know, sometimes it's, you hear the same people that are like encouraging you and not that I don't appreciate that, but you're just kind of yeah. like, oh, you always think that about me, whatever. <laughs> or, this is what you're supposed to say because you're my friend. You're right? my friend. Yeah. Then, <laughs> then sometimes somebody that you're not expecting might say something. I, I had, I was going to write a post about this and then I decided that it was just going to be way too long to explain in an Instagram post. Um, but I was at a party recently with just some friends that aren't runners. And so I do try not to talk about running uh -huh. <laughs> when I'm with that crowd because I know it can be kind of annoying or boring or whatever. But my friend and her husband were like, we want to ask you about your running. And I was like, oh, okay. What, what did you want to know? <laughs> because I didn't want to be that annoying person. And they were just, you know, asking me things about running marathons and they were super interested and thought that it was really cool and impressive what I do. And I don't know. It just kind of made me feel happy and sort of remember like, yeah, what you do is cool. Like you can go out and run 20 <laughs> miles. Like not That's many people deal. can do yeah. that. You need right. to appreciate it and give yourself some credit because 
I just kept beating myself up every week. It was like, well, you did that, but you should have done it faster or you Uh did this, but you should have felt better about it. Or Mm -hmm. you did this, but mentally you were terrible. So it was just, (laughs) no matter what I did in my mind, it wasn't right. It wasn't good enough. And it was just like, I wasn't happy or proud of it. So just having somebody that I wasn't expecting pay attention to my running and be like, that's really awesome that you do that. And that there's so much more to it than we ever you know, understood. And I mean, we talked for a pretty long time and it meant a lot to me that they took the time to ask me about it, but it just kind of put it in a different perspective for Mm -hmm. me. And it was really helpful to feel like, okay, yeah, this is my thing and I still can do it. I'm still good at it (laughs) and I still want to do it. Yeah. Um, So it's not like, it's not that I have to do it, which is kind of how I was feeling for a while. Yeah. I get to. Yeah. 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 I, I have a few people that catch me every now and then. Um, and you know, we've all said it, you know, I got to get up and do my miles and someone will whisper, you don't have to, you know, like, Oh, I know (laughs) I get to. to." And, um, you know, sometimes that doesn't land in the healthiest mind space for each of us, but, uh, yeah, I totally understand that. What, what about, wine glass like what caught your eye about that race initially because you i know that you mentioned to me that it's kind of been on like a little bit of like a running bucket list for you so what caught your eye about it and what excites you about it well i thought that i'd seen some other people do it over the years and it just looked like a really pretty course for one thing which gets me and then it was favorable to run fast on which also i liked Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so it has a net downhill, but it's not one of these crazy like revel races where you're like yes, really going yeah. downhill. So much, yeah. <laughs> because I don't think my body would like that, and I do not no. think I would do well there. So no. <laughs> a gradual, very minimal, but still downhill. So I think, considering the fact that I'm always running up a hill, I think that will be um, favorable to running fast. And it's a point-to-point course. I think that's kind of cool. And it's mm-hmm. not huge, but it's not tiny. I think it's around 6,000 people. That's, um, that's great. And I'm hoping that the weather should be good because it's the beginning of October, but it's in New York. So, um, mm-hmm. and I thought it would be kind of a neat place just to visit though. Once I proposed this to my husband, he was like, oh, that's not really very exciting. Really? That's what we're doing. <laughs> usually when I do a destination race, we just go and we have the kids stay with family or our babysitter. And it's kind of like a little getaway for us for the weekend. Yes, so yeah. we both right. benefit from it. And he was like, that's what we're, that's where <laughs> we landed this year. I, I didn't like, want to go there. <laughs> I, said, I thought it would be pretty and nice. And he was like, oh, okay. Um, but again, it was also just timing. And there are a few friends from IG that are running it. So I'm kind of, that's something I am excited about. Hopefully meeting yeah. some people who I mm-hmm. like from IG. So, yeah, I've heard it's good. I've heard good things about it. So, and it does yes. look really pretty. It does. Yeah. It looks fantastic. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah I, <clears throat> sorry, it's really I've, pretty. Yeah. I've had a couple of friends that have run those like tunnel marathons that are all mm. like super net downhill. and. I I have thought the exact same thing, Rachel. I'm like, that feels like an unexpected injury just waiting to happen because you're going to ask some muscles that are not used to running 20 straight miles, for example, of just like downhill load. Right. Um, And I think that would be so hard to train for that also to really like pound your legs like that. I just, I don't know. I feel like something bad could happen for sure. Yeah. Like I, I actually, when one of my friends mentioned it to me, I was like, 
and I didn't tell them this, but I was like, I feel like that might come. <clears throat> I am sorry. My goodness. <laughs> that might come with a BQ, but it may also come with an injury that might make that BQ not super realistic. Um, yeah, it, it's a little bit of a double-edged sword in my, in my perspective, but. Um, right. Yes. So beyond that, you've done, like you said, you've been on marathon time for a long time. Is there mm-hmm. anything outside of, I, I know that you did 5k and, and half marathon focus a little bit in the spring. Is there anything on your radar outside of the wonderful world of chasing marathons for you that you've thought about at all? Uh, not nothing really on the radar. Honestly, I'm just planning to make it to wine glass and then see how that goes and then decide after that. I mean, I do always have a fascination with ultras, but every time I run a marathon, I think I do not want to run (laughs) further than this, but I know that they're run in a different manner. So you're not trying to run as fast as you possibly Mm -hmm. can for the distance. Generally, it would just be the adventure of completing the distance and the courses are, are quite different and that sort of thing. So I wouldn't say that that's a no for me, but nothing is actually currently on the radar. Um, Depending on how wine glass goes, I may try to do a fall half marathon. Mm -hmm. I doubt I'll do another full. I have done more than one full in a season before I did quite a few falls where I did a couple marathons, but I don't think that's happening this year, but I will not again say never to that because <laughs> if, if I don't feel good about how it goes, then there's always yeah. a chance that there could be like a back pocket, uh, sure. end of fall thing that could happen, but, um, nothing else on the radar right now. Sure. Well, that makes sense. I mean, yeah. <laughs> focus on what you got going on. So yeah. Did you enjoy 5k training? I know that can be like a very serious pain cave race. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so it was last year. I ran basically all easy miles once things were canceled, but I also ran the most miles I'd ever run. Okay. Um, because I was running easy. I felt like I could really handle the mileage. I ran okay. like 2,400 miles or something like 200 a lot. Month I was doing. <laughs> yeah. Like every week it was like 50 miles, 200 mile months. And so yeah, switching to 5k training and doing like really hard workouts was harder on my body and I was running mm-hmm. less miles and that sort of thing. And I mean, running a 5k yeah, is not fun. It's just, <laughs> you just, <laughs> it's pain cave the whole way, foot on the gas, don't ever take it off. And I ended up running, it was just virtuals that I was running for sure. my, um, like a time trial basically. So I have my PR running, you know, alone. Um, yeah. but I don't know how it would go in a race but it still makes me really scared to think about running a real 5k race and not something <laughs> that I really want to do that much. So um, that's okay. Yeah. yeah. So I don't, I don't know that I'll be revisiting that, but yeah, it's kind of a fun change. So what is like your favorite, like mileage, you know, like, like your window of mileage that your body feels the best, like weekly mileage. Probably. I mean, let's say body versus mind are two different things, right? So probably my body is like very happy in like the 40 to 45 mile range. Okay. My brain thinks that it should be 50, like 50 to 55. Yeah. My brain wishes that I was running 75 mile weeks really, but I don't think my body's ever coming along for that ride, especially now that I'm in my forties. It's just, you know, things feel a lot more tired and beat up than they used to. So, um, but yeah, around that, like 45 to 50 is probably where I spend quite yeah. a lot of time. 
I I wanted to put that uh, to anyone who listens that is maybe the five or 10 K like getting into running. I really love it, especially coming from someone like you, Rachel, that's done so many marathons for someone that's just like dabbing in five K's to hear a marathoner be like five K's are not fun. Um, (laughs) I would rather run 26 miles than three. Trust me. They mean like fast five. It's so funny. I know we're so strange. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's, I've gotten comfortable. I think we talked with Katie about this in one of the first episodes of um, like when I first was running five K's, I, my, you said so many things in just talking to us today that like remind me of myself. Like I didn't really run at all through my twenties, but you were talking about like your thirties is when you really started to come back to it. And that's what I did. And like, I had this thing initially of, I can't possibly warm up for a 5k because <laughs> I'm not sure that I have enough in me to run a fast 5k with a warm up. But now <laughs> I'm a lot more like I should run two miles of warm up right. to get my legs ready to do this right. thing. Yeah. And um, I think it was like Katie had mentioned. She's like, yeah, you like you do like a two or three mile warm up before a 5K. And the first 5K I ran when I came back, I was like, warming up before this is just not <laughs> logical. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's 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 really funny perspective on everything. Just um, I thought that that was a really Interesting tidbit, though, for anyone who's like marathon running. No. Well, sometimes marathoners are like 5K running. Right. No, thank you. Uh -uh. A turkey trot 5K is totally different than a 5K that you're going into race. Like the turkey trot one is fantastic. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, to run a 5K easy is is great. It's great. So this is probably another not popular opinion. I'm not a big fan of racing. And to me, to run a 5K race, yeah. takes up so much time to run three miles like yeah because yeah. you have to get there early and yep. then you have to wait and then you have to do your warm <laughs> so i'm spending yep. like over an hour to run three miles three and it's just yep. no why would i do that i could run <laughs> her brain's like double I could run 12. Or, <laughs> yeah 10 miles yeah. in the time that it's yep. going to take me to run a 5k so i'd rather just go run 10 miles so i don't know i'm just not i generally am more of a serious racer and um so I just don't do that. You're no. efficient. You're like, I want to get enough mm-hmm. miles for the time I'm spending. I just exactly. want to yes. be useful. <laughs> I don't want to stand around for 50 yeah. minutes and run for 24. Like it's just, not, <laughs> no. that's some runner's math for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The games that we play. Right. Well, and yeah. To your point too, Rachel, of like, why put your body through this pain train for 24 minutes and then so you, uh, right, like if you're in training, then you're focused on this recovery for something that really didn't even attribute to your training block. So, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. makes perfect. Yeah, sense. I had looked at like some build up races, and it's just you have to do a taper for them, and then you do them, and then you have to recover from them, and then you're just missing weeks of training. So, I mean, yeah. again, that's not like a fun way to <laughs> to do things, but generally, <laughs> it's just the way that I think about it. So. But I think you can certainly other people have other ways of thinking where it's fun to add races into the buildup and that sort of thing. But um, yeah. yeah, for me with the recoveries and everything, it just doesn't always feel like it's worth it. And then just sure. working things around my family 
Yeah. I, it's just difficult for me to go to races on a Saturday morning and take up the whole morning to run 10 K. It just seems not worth it. So. Yeah. 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 I understand. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to, I want to wrap <clears throat> this thing up by saying that it's been really great. It was really a bright spot for me in my early IG life that I found somebody um, that was, you know, kind of in my neighborhood, so to speak. Um, it's, it's easy to see and get to know other runners, but something for me at least clicked a little bit differently when I was like, wait a second, that person's running where I grew up. And in a roundabout way, it's like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon of like, my <laughs> right. sister was in high school when you were in high school. So I'm sure that at least one or two people removed. I know that we're talking now, but before that, I was like, I probably know her in a way that's in some familiar way. You know? Right. Yeah. So it's very cool. You actually did help me. And especially in the early year or so of my running, like I said, I can see people in Kansas and Texas and Florida running and have conversations, but to be able to have conversations with people about their running and you know where they ran and you know where they come from, that was actually really helpful for me. So it was really cool that I found you early on in my running because I, I I do think it had a bit of like a reshaping effect of believing in myself in certain ways and having confidence in myself in certain ways and perspective. So um, I know that we've not gotten to do an in-person run. I'm sure that that will be in a high pile someday. Right. Um, yeah. But I look no, forward to awesome. it. No, that's awesome. I I appreciate yeah. hearing that, and that I feel the same way. It just means it just means something on a different level because you're sharing that. And when I see you in autumn and yeah. you run at Ohio Pile, I always feel super happy. And I just know <laughs> it's the vibes of, you know, that being there and what it's like. And it's just, yeah, it's neat to, to see you're running because I know where you're at. Yeah. Sort of yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll give you my last little snippet so you can laugh the next time, but I okay. am really bad with heights. So the high bridge toward, if you go out towards Connellsville, that high bridge a mile from, you know, central Ohio Pile, I do it. But it's like my, you know how they tell you to do like the superhero pose when you need to feel strong sometimes. <laughs> so when I was doing my long runs for Chicago, my 22 miler, I started by going out that way to go over the high bridge because I was like, I got to build myself up. I got to do a scary thing so that I can go do the rest of these miles. So uh, next time you run the high bridge, remember that I am always crapping my pants when I run. No way. Okay. I love running. That's my favorite part. (laughs) Hey, it's beautiful. It is beautiful, but uh, it's high. It's really that one. I think it's like 160 feet or something. It's not terribly high, but I just remember, I think I was like, uh, a five or six year old the first time I was ever out on that bridge. And I wasn't, thankfully I wasn't tall enough to like look over it or anything, but I was like, this is not cool. I do not feel good (laughs) about this. So yeah, when I go over that bridge, I'm always like, and I'm crapping my pants. I'm crapping my pants. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know you didn't like heights. (laughs) Okay. I'll tell you just one little, uh, uh, little thing. So the lookout in a high pile, Rachel, Mm-hmm. Have you ever done gone up to like the lookout that's it's just like a little overview or something that it's it's just outside of the state park. Um, but we used to go there when I was little. And there was a peat like the um, railings were made out of wood. And I rested on one of those 
and the whole thing broke. Oh my God. And about this much of me went over the side and that was it. I, like, I, You're I, like, I, I well, wasn't super good with heights yeah. prior, but when a certain bad. percentage of your body is dangling over like an 800 foot overlook, it changed. That's things. very traumatic. Yeah. Oh, so I understand, I was, but I will always, I, well, I always think of you guys, honestly, when I'm on the trail running there, I always, not that I yeah. think I'm going to see you, but I'm just like, yeah. I think yeah. of you. So but yeah. I'll definitely think of you on the bridge and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and giggle a little bit and maybe do that pose. Yeah. Yep. 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 Just some, just some opportunity for you to have some, some joy as you go over the bridge. So, yeah. Well, uh, thanks for, thanks for coming on. Uh, I, I've wanted to talk to you and I wanted, I mean, I just wanted to talk to you before I had a podcast and I wanted to go running with you and I know that we'll get there. Um, life schedules, COVID schedules, all of those things have been nothing but a nuisance. Um, but I was really excited to get up and talk to you today. So thanks for coming on and talking to us and dropping some knowledge and all that. Yeah, of course. I've, I've been wanting to talk to you as well. And this was really fun. So I appreciate, I always love sharing my running with people. So thank you for giving me the chance to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We can't wait to see wine glass and, uh, I know. I'm, I'm really yeah, excited, excited for you. Yeah. I'm, I'm thank super you. So, all right, well, take care and we will talk to you soon. I'm sure. Sounds good. Thanks right. guys. Yeah.